You are listening to the Living Way Church podcast. For more information about Living Way Church, go to livingwaychurch.cc. How you guys doing? Yeah? You guys have a good Christmas? Yeah? Anybody get exactly what they wanted? Anybody? I got tools. How can that be bad, right? All right. So I was supposed to give this message a couple weeks ago, and I guess God decided he didn't want me to talk about zombies before Christmas. And so he sent a huge ice storm and shut down the whole city so that I couldn't preach that day. But I guess it's okay today because nothing happened. So uh, unless, you know, something happens now. But I think we're in it, so we're good. Um, As I go through this, I I, I think back, how many guys, like, grew up and you had a certain type of movie or genre of show that you liked to watch, like, your whole life? Like, any Western people out there? My dad was a Western guy. Like, if I went into his house, Gunsmoke or something was on, right? Okay, he's a Western guy. How many guys are, like, action people? Okay, got some action people. How many guys are romance? All right. Not me. Okay. Now, I do like one romance movie. It's coming up. Uh, well, it's already been played, but it goes in with my favorite genre of things. I've liked this movie set since I was a kid. Anything that has to do with zombies, I'm in. All right. I just always have been fascinated by zombies. I don't know why. But, you know, you go back to Night of the Living Dead, Afternoon of the Living Dead, Morning of the Living Dead, Lunch with the Living Dead. You know, they had like 8,000 of those movies, right? Um, you know, Zombieland, uh, the Shaun of the Dead. That's great because it's about zombies and it has my name in it. I mean, that's like a double win, all right? So I grew up watching zombie movies. And a couple months ago, I was watching a zombie show. And I was like, why do I like zombie movies? What is it about zombie movies that, that draws me in? What is it about the zombie apocalypse do I plan for? Why? You know, do any guys plan for, do you guys have plans if the zombie apocalypse hits? Some of you guys out there are like me. You have plans. You know where you're going to hide. I personally am going to go straight to Dick's Sporting Goods and load up. Um, that's my plan. All right, back up a big trailer right to it, load up everything they got in there. They had some crossbows the other day that were, like, actually advertised for the zombie apocalypse. I thought that was awesome. So um, I started watching these shows, and, I, and as I was sitting there last couple months, I was like, what in the world? What's wrong with me that I love these shows? And and uh, or right with me, whatever. And I started realizing it's it's got that theme in it that draws me to it. And there's the theme is this is they were it's about to fall. No, it's clipped in. I promise. I swear it's stuck. Okay, sorry, I'm a rookie when it comes to microphones, so Ted had to check. I right, appreciate that, man. Let me just make sure now. Now you got me all nervous. That's good. All right, so. As I'm watching these shows, I realize this. I realize here are these people, and they're walking the earth, and they're dead. They're just dead. They have no purpose. They just walk around, and they're dead, but they're alive. And I thought, hmm, I've read this somewhere before, right? And then there's this group of people that are just trying to stay safe, right? They're just trying to be alive, and, and they're alive. They're they're, they've got something the others don't, but they're just hiding. They're just trying to stay alive to the next day, waiting for it all to be over. And I thought, man, this is a story of modern Christianity, isn't it? Man, we got, the, we got a whole world full of people that are walking and dead and don't even know it. And then we've got people who are alive, and all they're doing is hiding. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. I wonder what the, the Bible has to say about that. I wonder... If there's a, a parallel, and the more I read into it, the more I thought, man, this is, this is good stuff. The Christian life is about risk. It's about 
a dangerous life. I mean, when we read in and we read into these stories, we start to see that there's nothing safe in the Bible. There's not one point where it said, hey, take a break, relax, be safe. It's, it's dangerous. And, and as I started reading this, I started getting uh, excited. And I thought, wow, my life needs to be more about being dangerous and taking risks and talking to these people that are out there walking dead because I've got a hope they don't have. And, and so I want to kind of go through this a little bit. Our first uh, example should always be Christ, right? We should always look to Christ. If we're, if we call, if we're called Christians, if we're going to follow a, a, a person named Christ, we should always look there first and say, okay, was Christ's life safe? Let's just do a quick review of his life. In 1 Peter 2.21, it, it says this, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. Peter calls us to a standard of following Christ, period. He said what Christ did was what you are supposed to do. And so let's look at his life real quick. The first thing we find out that, about Christ is that we, we talk about his blood, and, and, and when we take communion, that's one of the, the highlights of communion, is that his blood cleansed us right? His very life blood was given up for us. Uh, in John 1, 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. His very blood is the thing that brought us back to life, right? Jesus knew at that point, everyone in the world was dead. And he gave his very blood to cleanse that disease of sin. Right? If you ever watch zombie movies, there's always some kind of disease. There's like a nuclear reaction or somebody got injected with something or there's an outbreak and this disease is slowly taking over the world. By the time Jesus had come, the entire world was diseased. From Adam to Jesus, they knew nothing but disease. And he said, you know what? My life is dangerous enough that I'll give my very life blood so that disease can be cured. It says his stripes healed us in Isaiah 53, 5. It was said, it, Isaiah said this, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes, we are healed. He took beatings for us. It doesn't sound safe to me, right? I think about my life and I think, am I willing to be beat down for what I believe in? And, and, and the answer is I've never had to be. So I don't know. I think I would. I want to think that my life is dangerous enough that I would take a beating so someone could hear about Christ. But Christ did it. And that's, we're supposed to be following him and like him. So I think, well, I don't know. What am I doing in my life that's like that? And then not only did he, did he give his blood for us, was he beaten for us, uh, did his stripes heal us, he died for us. I mean, we all know the story. We all know that Christ's very life was not precious enough to him that he wasn't willing to give it up. That was the kind of dangerous life our Savior led, right? In Romans 4, 5, it says, And to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Um, we believe in, in that act of sacrifice. That act of sacrifice is everything, right? Right? Without that act, the, 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 the beatings, the preaching, the wisdom was nothing. Jesus without the cross is nothing. The cross was the whole po point for us. It was that act. 
Jesus took the place, if you, if you remember back in the Old Testament, right? What did they used to do to cover sin? Who knows? They sacrificed things, right? What was, what was the sacrifice that they usually used? A lamb, right? Jesus was called the lamb, right? How many of you guys have heard Jesus being called the lamb? Okay, get, get this. In, in that day and age, they would take lambs, sheep, and they would pick out the perfect ones, and they would put them aside and say, hey, we're going to kill this one one day. This one's going to be a sacrifice, and we're going to raise it in such a way that it will be ready to be sacrificed for our sin. Jesus' whole life, from the day he was born, which we just celebrated, to the day he died was about that sacrifice. He knew what was coming the entire time. There was, no, there was no ifs, ands, or buts. And he lived his life in such a way that he would be blameless and be able to take our debt for us. That's risky living, right? To know what you're born for and to live a whole life with that in mind. It's amazing to me. Um, see, Christ knew living for him would not be safe. He, he, he knew if he called us and said, look, I'm going to call you and you know what? It's going to be great. You're going to have a 50-inch TV. It's going to be awesome. It's really diagonal. I should do it like this. All right, from corner to corner. Okay, you'll have 50 inches. All right, you're going to have a nice car. You're going to have great things. You know what? I don't read that when I read the Bible. The Bible doesn't promise us. It doesn't say it's bad if you have those things, but it doesn't promise us, and it definitely doesn't make us a life about those things. Um, in, let me see where I am. In Matthew 10, 16 and 34, it says this. Um, Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have come to bring not bring peace but a sword. These don't sound like comfortable statements. Jesus is saying, if you follow me, you're going to be among wolves. They're going to be after you. You are going to be prey to them. I mean, how many guys have, have been following the news lately? If you speak out for Christianity, what happens? Okay? They are pursuing you. They are after you. They are there to tear you down. It says you need to be wise and gentle to live in this world, but realize it's dangerous. There's wolves out there. And you know what? I came not to bring peace, to bring a sword. If you think about a sword, anything it does, it divides It doesn't matter what you use a sword for. You're using it to divide something. Okay? This is not safe. If you have a sword in your hand, you're not in a safe place usually. Unless you're like a nerd and and like me and you're in like a knife store. And then it's kind of safe. But but your plan is you're buying that for the zombie apocalypse. (laughs) So you're not planning to be safe with it, right? If, If you're like me. A sword is not safe. It divides. And we live in a divided world. And the thing is, we're supposed to do something with this. We're supposed to bring hope. We're supposed to to bring peace, and it's going to be tough. And if we're not doing that, if our life is just comfortable, it doesn't match what we see. Look at the apostles. If you look at the apostles... Their lives were, were not great. Okay, the followers of Christ had it tough. In, in 2 Corinthians 6, it says this. The, the apostles talking about themselves. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance and afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger. 
At first, I got thrown off by that word commend. It's like, hey, we commend ourselves. Good job. I was like, the apostles got an ego. All right. They, they think they're awesome. But that's not what that word means. It means we give ourselves over to this. That word commend says we give ourselves over to things like hunger and, and torture and jail. If you look at all the lives of the apostles, they were beaten, right? They were thrown in jail. Um, John was exiled to an island by himself. <laughs> I mean, probably other exiles there, but sent away from friends and family and, and community and people he knew, right? These are not safe lives. These were not lives without risk, but look at what they accomplished, right? The very church we're sitting in today comes from the roots of what those guys started. Just to be a Christian in that day and age meant you were putting your risk at life. Just to say, I'm a Christian, would get you thrown in jail, would get you tortured, would get you sacrificed, right? And, and, and to be honest, I don't know that it's changed that much. I mean, in America, we're pretty safe, but you go to other places of the world, you go to China and say you're a Christian, that's dangerous. You go to Iraq and say you're a Christian or Iran, that can be dangerous. And I don't think our lives here, just because we're in a better spot, should be any less risky. Matter of fact, because we have such freedom and such ability and such comfort, our lives should be risked that much more. Because we have so much that we can risk and still be, and still be amazingly comfortable and, and safe compared to the rest of the world. It, if every example we have in the Bible to follow Christ is dangerous, then what does that mean for us? Because when we read the Bible and we read that Jesus was dangerous and the people that followed him were dangerous, and then we say, well, what about us? Well, hold on, I'll tell you. All right, sorry, my ears are weird. So Ted has this like permanently formed his ear. So my ears are not the same. All right. So, see, we have to decide if we just believe that Jesus existed or if we are willing to become disciples. See, I, I think you can believe Jesus and not be a disciple. But to be a disciple, you have to be a believer. Do you guys see the difference? See, it says in the Bible that, that demons believe in Jesus. Believing in Jesus is no big deal. But to be a believer, you're a disciple. And a disciple says, I will imitate, I will follow. Think of the things in your life that you follow without even thinking about it. I am a Cardinals fan. It's why I'm wearing red today. All right? It's an important day in Cardinals history. It's important. Okay? It's important. They need to beat the 49ers just because. Okay? I follow the 49ers. I, I'm... Almost a, a, a disciple-like in my following of the 49ers. I, or for, no, 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 no. Cardinals. Wow. It's a big mistake. Don't ever say anybody told anybody I made that mistake. All right. But if you follow something, you wear their stuff. You talk about them. You are excited when they're in town. If Lecrae comes to town, I'm excited because I like Lecrae. Some people over there feel me, okay, on Lecrae. You guys all have things you like. You guys all have things you follow. Is Christ at least one of them? Are you a disciple of Christ? Do you imitate? Do you follow your mentor? Do you wear his stuff? And I'm not talking about clothing. Okay? You're like, yeah, I got the one with Jesus too. Great. Do you do it? Okay? Do you wear the stuff that mattered to him? Do, you, do people know 
that you're a follower of Christ? Do they say, hey, I know that guy. He loves Jesus. Just a question, because that's the key if you're going to be a disciple. Um, here's, here's what makes disciples. Here's, here's how we know that you're a disciple. Disciples make disciples. That's, that's easy, okay? Jesus said right before he left, go into all the world and do what? Make disciples. I mean, that was his big command before he left. Make disciples. Be in such a way that people follow me because they follow you. You know, it, it, it's, it's important that we make disciples. Disciples, this is, this is another way you know. Disciples bear fruit. In John 15, 8, it says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Look at your life. If you're so comfortable that you're not bearing any of the fruit, we got this fruit, what, we, we've, we've read these, we know what they are. Okay? Self-control. Patience, kindness. These fruits of the Spirit are an indication that you're living a life of discipleship. It's not what you do to be a disciple. It's what comes out when you're a disciple. Right? So if your life is full of stress and strife and anger and envy, these are not fruits that you're, a life that a disciple produces. But if you find yourself loving people unconditionally, even when they're wrong, see, that's risky and it hurts and it's dangerous but it's what a disciple does. When you find yourself looking at other people and not envying what they have, but are glad for them, that's the life of a disciple. When you're kind to people that don't deserve it, when you feed people that are hungry, when you give sacrificially, these things are what disciples do because they know long-term what counts here does not count eternally. You have, these fruits have to be present. If there's not, you've got to look at your life and say, what am I doing wrong? God, go back and restart. Disciples love one another. I think this love is really important. There was, and you're going to see little zombie things put all through this because I can't help myself. Um, there was a movie called Warm Hearts, about the worst zombie movie ever made, okay? But I watched it because it was a zombie movie. Warm Bodies, what did I say? Oh, I'm sorry, Warm Bodies. The gist is this. There's, there's like three levels of people. There's like people... And then there's zombie people, and then there's like way gone evil, right? And the in-between falls in love with a girl, and love changes him. It's like a heartwarming zombie movie, all right? It's like a, if you like romances, it's the closest you're going to get to a zombie movie, okay? But I like the concept. The dead out there can be brought to life if we love them. It's a pretty good concept if you think about it. The dead out there, if we show love no matter what, if we love each other how we're supposed to, if we love them how we're supposed to, they might know Christ, and out of Christ comes life. I thought that was pretty cool. Disciples love one another. They love everybody. And last but not least, they abide in the Word. The Word is Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. When they describe the very Word, they're describing Christ. They go together. You can't follow Christ and not be in the Word because you won't know how. It's an instruction book. It's a, it's, a, it's a love story to us from God. It's a description of how God interacts with his people. Every story in the Bible, read them again. Go back and read and say, look, I don't know what to do here. I guarantee there's a story in the Bible where God interacted with one of his people that we can take hope from, that we can take strength from, that we can take joy from, even though if it doesn't directly talk about our situation. It talks about the concept. 
It talks about the example of how we're supposed to live and what God does in people's lives. If we're not in the word, we're not being disciples, at least not to the ability God called us to, not to the level. So we need to be in the word. So here's the risk. The risk would be, if you were in a movie right now, the risk would be not to hide from the zombies, but to go out and try to cure them. That's crazy talk. If you've ever been in any zombie movie ever, and the guy says, hey, I got an idea. Let's go out and interact with the zombies. Mmm. About that. You're not going to last too long. <laughs> right? Guys, what do we have to risk? What do we have to lose? What's the gain? These are questions I think that are important. Are you willing to, to lose a job? I've lost jobs over my belief system. I've, been, I've lost friends that weren't willing to be friends with me anymore because, just because I believed in Christ. It's hard. I, I hate that. Jobs that were offered that I couldn't take because I was called somewhere else that were better money and better situations. I think back and I think, is it worth it? Sometimes I don't feel like I know the answer to that. I know the Bible answer. Well, of course, one day I'll die and I'll be with Jesus. And that doesn't make me feel better at the moment. It should. It doesn't always. Right? If we're going to be honest, that hope we have sometimes is hard to see, isn't it? But we've got to hang on to it. See, if I'm abiding in the word, then I can go back and I can say, I have hope that's much greater than these things I'm putting at risk. And if I'm willing to put them at risk, not only do I get that hope, maybe someone else gets that hope. I've got to be willing to put these at risk. There's only one way I can do it, though. If I'm going to put this stuff at risk under my own power, I'm going to fail. You guys get that? If you try to do this on your own, I promise you, you will fail. Because we're not designed that way. We're not built to risk this on our own, okay? We're not built to go out and be among the dead by ourselves. Because what happens, and you guys know this to be true, if you hang out with the dead without Christ, you become like the dead, right? I tell my kids all the time in youth, you can be a thermometer or you can be a thermostat okay without christ going out there on your own going out there under your own power you're a thermometer do you know what thermometers do they become the temperature of whatever's around them when you stick a thermometer in a turkey it becomes the temperature of the turkey you take that and stick it in an ice cube it becomes the temperature of the ice cube nothing ever becomes the temperature of the thermometer but a thermostat sets the temperature See, a thermostat is under power. It's plugged in. So it can change the temperature of the surroundings. We need to be thermostats. We need to change temperature. And the only way to do that is to be plugged in. And the only thing we have to plug into is, is God. The first thing we've got to do is believe that the death of Christ has allowed us to put to death the old you and me. Okay? We've got to know that the old us is dead once we accept Christ. Now, if you don't know Christ, you're still among the walking dead. You're still the old Jew. Nothing will change. 
But when Christ comes in and cures that disease that destroys us, that has been killing us, that one day he will put aside and we will no longer have, we become something new. And it all revolves around that hope. See, I can risk everything if I live in that hope that one day I'll be reunited with Christ. And there will be no sin. There will be no pain. There will be no suffering. And if I live like that, I can bring that hope to other people. In Ephesians 2.1, it says, And you were dead in trespasses and sins. In one seven, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. And then if you go to Colossians, it says this, and I love this verse. If you're going to memorize a chunk, this would be a good chunk, okay, of a verse to remember. Put to death, because it covers everything. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. See, we're called to a new life. We're called to a new life. We don't have to be what we once were. We don't have to chase comfortability. I don't even know if that's a word. I just might have made it up. Okay, but if it isn't, it is now. Okay? We don't have to chase things. We don't have to try to fill that hole anymore. It's, it's filled. When we live in Christ, we can put away the old life and risk so much more because God's big enough and his death has changed us. And then there's one last thing. I think this is important. I know this is important. You have to believe that the Holy Spirit lives in you and allows you to live a life filled with grace and by grace. Because I think a lot of times the reason we're afraid to risk is because we know of our past failures. We know that we will fail again. We know that we still get angry and we still get mad and we still get selfish. But that's the beauty of grace, right? We have grace. The Holy Spirit lives in us and says, it's okay. Jesus died for that one. Let's move on. Let's live better. Let's do more for Christ. When you live totally in grace, it's so free. It's just amazing. How many of you guys ever had those moments where you're you're in life and you find yourself just immersed in grace? Does it even occur to you to be selfish or to hold on or to grasp tightly to the things of this world? When I found myself there, it's not even an afterthought. It just is a situation of release. See, if if you're finding your world is so tightly wound that you can't let go and it's just getting more and more stressful to hang on and you find yourself gripping more and more and more, you need to return to that place of grace. That place where God says, I got it all covered. I died for all of this and you can let go and surrender. And you guys, well, how do I do that? It's, It's really that simple. You turn back to Christ and say, I'm letting go. As hard as it is, I'm letting go. And let Christ be big again in your life. When you find yourself in that position of grace, then all the other stuff follows. All the other stuff follows. 
In the end, we know that when we quit living safe lives, lives are saved. You guys with me on that? When we as Christians quit living safe lives, then lives are saved. See, Christ, for some reason, involved us in the process. Do you realize that God doesn't need us to save lives? Not one bit. That Christ could make, come to each one of us individually and say, hey, you're going to be saved today. How are you going to tell Jesus no? Right? He's Jesus. Right? We do all the time, but it's harder when he's face-to-face with you because it's, you know, God and the whole glory thing. Right? It's harder. All right? But God says no. I could easily convert everyone in this room, in this world, in this area and in your job. It wouldn't be hard for me. I'm, I'm God. But I want your faith to grow. I want you to know that you have a purpose. I want you to know that your life means something. And what it means is being able to spread my name to everyone. And then that hope that they get, you get to feel like you were a part of it. That's our purpose. And for that, it's worth all the risk. There's, there's nothing sacred then. Because we know that one day when we get to heaven, God's not going to say, hey, that was a sweet 50 screen. I enjoyed watching the zombie movies with you on that. He's going to say no. He's going to say, well done. You did good. You did what I asked you to do. You risked it all. And, and heaven's going to be amazing. It's going to be worth it. That's what we have to decide. Are we, are we focused now or are we focused later? We need to be focused later because that's where our hope comes from. And then this is the last thing. This is the encouragement I have for you guys is this. In 1 Corinthians 3.12, it says this. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. That is one of my favorite verses. Whenever, whenever I start hanging on to life and whenever I start thinking, I want to do this or I want to do that, I remember where my hope comes from and that very hope makes me bold. I'm not scared of anything when I'm in Christ. I'm scared of everything when I'm not. But when I'm in Christ, there's nothing to be scared of. There's nothing that I have to worry about because the God of the universe is caring for me. The God that created me and knows my desires down to the smallest one. The God that gave me my gifts and my talents. The God that knows everything that makes me happy. If I'm resting in him, I have such a hope. If you guys are in Christ, your hope should just shine. People should be like, I want what that guy's got. I want what that lady's got. I want the hope they have because nothing seems to bother them. Because I'll be honest with you, when I'm in Christ, and it's not always, I wish it was. But when I am, that hope is overwhelming. And it pours out into other people, and it makes me bold. See, here's my prayer for us, guys. My prayer for us at Living Way is that we're bold. That when people talk about Living Way, they say, hey, they're different. We might not agree with them, but, they, but heck, they love us. You know what? We don't live like they live, but they love us anyways. You know, I was hungry and they fed me. I had no clothes and they gave me a coat. That's what I want people to talk about when they talk about us. Not just that they sit in really comfy seats at a movie theater, which is awesome. Okay? 
but that they know us for more than just being in a movie theater. They know us more than just we're just one more church. That when they look at us, they say, that church, they give me hope. They talk about Christ, and they love me no matter what. Guys, that life would be risky. That life, I'm telling you, when you live for Christ, sometimes it's inconvenient. People show up at your doorstep. Sometimes it costs money. Sometimes it costs friends. Sometimes it costs jobs. But you're in, when you're in Christ, somehow it all works. That's what I know. So my, this is my big one. You ready? My big finish? No more zombie living. All right, that's it. It wasn't as big as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Zombie's excited. He's like, ah. All right. Guys, this year, coming up, don't forget what just happened. What just happened is we celebrated the very birth that gave us hope. There's no reason that feeling is one day a year. The rest of the year, we should be focusing on that hope that ended in his death, that ended in our life. Yeah? And are we going to be selfish and keep that to ourselves, or are we going to risk? And are we going to send it out? Guys, I want to pray with you two things. Some of you guys are sitting in here thinking, well, I, don't, I'm, I might be one of the dead. As far as I know, everything he's talking about, I don't have any of that. The Bible's very clear. If, if you want life in Christ, which is life, all you have to do is believe and ask. It says to believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that you're willing to give up control of your life for life. Jesus says, let me have control and I will give you life and life abundantly. And so I want to pray real quick. So everybody just uh, bow your heads and close your eyes and let's pray real quick. If you've never accepted Jesus in your life, this is an invitation to do so. Um, The prayer goes like this. God, I've been living a dead life. I want to be alive in you. God, it says in in the Bible that if if I believe in you and I make you Lord, that that I'm saved, that that I have life, that... My disease of sin is covered. So I ask for forgiveness for living life the way I want to. And I surrender to you. God, come into my heart and make me alive. Now with your heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to see if any of you guys for the first time prayed that prayer. If you can, raise your hand just so I can see you, so I can contact you or talk to you if you have any questions. All right. Now for for everybody else sitting in here, um, this is my prayer. Pray it with me. God, take my life and make it something about you. Make it something that exudes hope. Make it something that, God, if I have to risk all, I'm willing to do so, so that your name is glorified among the earth. God, that everyone hears your name. And and when people look at us, they don't see the petty stuff that they see everywhere else, but they see God, make my life something that shows you. We thank you for everything you do, God. Thank you for everything you are in our lives. Thank you for changing us from dead to life. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Living Way Church podcast. If you enjoyed this message, we hope you come visit us in Garland, Texas. For directions and more information about the church, go to www.livingwaychurch.cc.